On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, smart air suspension gets confirmed as an option for Model 3, and I've got some details on that. The 100 kilowatt hour Model S and Model Xs get a price drop. Tesla may have a plan to put a dent in the aftermarket dash cam business and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, the host of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This is episode 109 for September 3rd, 2017. Happy Labor Day weekend to my USA listeners here from a sweltering San Francisco. An actual record high set today on, as I record this on Friday evening, 104 degrees in San Francisco, which has simply never happened before. It's, uh, it's very rare that it even approaches the 80s in the summer. That's considered a heat wave. It's a heck of a heck of a heat wave going on. Uh, so we are we are weathering it as best we can. Nobody in San Francisco, for the most part, has air conditioning because we don't really need it. So doors and windows are open, and uh, we are we are making do. But I I kind of appreciate the the actual genuine feel of summer here for a few days because normally San Francisco. We have the opposite of summer in the summer, which would be winter, I suppose. <laughs> but in any case, uh, another busy week, another good week of Tesla news, uh, of which I am very uh, grateful to be able to say I played a direct part in this week. Uh, I, I happened to catch, or I happened to see, that Elon Musk had tweeted just a couple of minutes prior. I was on Twitter and saw, oh, Elon just tweeted something. So I said, okay, let me. Uh, running with the assumption that he's online, he's uh, more likely to see something that I type to him now versus just sending it any time. Because you got to figure, he's up He's up to 12 million followers, and he goes up by, I don't know, 100,000 or two a week. Like, that's the rate that Elon Musk acquires followers. And so, you know, I have 100,000, and I get a pretty good number of tweets my way in a given day, but... With 12 million followers, I'd have to imagine that Elon literally, literally gets hundreds of tweets a minute. So I thought, okay, well, this is probably my best chance to, uh, you know, at least get my tweet in front of him uh, to put it in his mind. And maybe, just maybe, I might be able to get a response. And so uh, I went ahead and thought, okay, what's, what do I still want to know? What could I ask Elon that would be good? I thought, oh, you know what? Smart air suspension has been on uh, my Model 3 shopping list because, as Trevor Page can attest to, I have a weird driveway that's on a slope, and uh, it would be of great benefit to me to be able to lift the car up a little bit to avoid scraping it. And so, I've, you know, I've thought, of, and I mean, sure, the, the smart air suspension also, it lowers the car at speed, uh, you know, at like 55, so you can actually set it what speed you want it to lower which will increase the, uh, the efficiency a little bit and get you like any, you know, an extra 1% range or something. You know, nothing consequential, but I'm, I'm interested in it not for ride comfort or, uh, or again, or the you know, increased aerodynamic efficiency, uh, but just for the ability to raise it up 
mostly for my own driveway, but here in San Francisco, there are a lot of odd-shaped curbs and and parking situations and all kinds of things where you it would be beneficial to be able to lift a car up a little bit. And so I sent a tweet to Elon that said simply, you know, very clearly, is smart air suspension, it, pardon me, is a smart air suspension option still coming for Model 3, as you said last year on Twitter? My driveway is weird and I need it. Uh, because he did mention it last year on Twitter. If you've been listening for a while, you may remember that. He had, he had mentioned it last year, and he mentioned a lot of things on Twitter last year, but you know that was over a year ago. That was last April that he went on that initial Model 3 tweet storm after the uh, reveal on March 31st. It was kind of the week following that, that he started answering a whole bunch of questions. And a lot can change, you know, plans can change. I mean, a, a lot did change about Model 3. You know, they, they went from... Uh, what you know? They had their original plan. They they doubled their uh, their production goals. So you know, and, and have become as we've seen in that time. Uh, they they now worship at the altar of efficiency and getting as as much done with as few resources and as little amount of time as possible. So you know, who knows? Maybe Smart Air was going to get thrown out the window. It's the same thing with the performance model. You know, he'd mentioned it. Uh, last year, but it was good when I was, he again, that was the last time he replied to me on Twitter was about the performance model coming next summer because it was, you know, I I had said I had a little bit of a concern that, well, maybe performance has gone by the wayside and they're just going to focus on building, you know, this as as the the lower end car. And if you want the performance, you got to step up to S. Anyway, smart air suspension. Uh, I asked my question and just a few minutes later, he not only replied with, with an affirmative on it, but he gave some details, which was great. He said, quote, in about six months or so, linked to dual motor config. So there you have it. That is, for me, that is the last piece of the options puzzle that I was wondering about, uh, other than, you know, I've, I've got my eye on those 20-inch sport wheels that were on the Alpha prototype that I talked a few weeks ago about uh, they were spotted out in the wild testing on a red Model 3 seen in South Carolina. So, uh, you know, suggesting that those will hopefully be coming. But anyway, so we turn our attention now to smart air suspension. For pricing on this, you notice that Elon said linked to dual motor config. Now, you can interpret that in one of two ways. You can either interpret that as Linked meaning it will become available at the same time that dual motor configuration is because that'll be a, you know, they'll, they'll be making a change to the, to the line and adding in more options then. However, he, he could also mean linked in the more uh, bundle sense in the design studio that, that uh, you're going to have to take air suspension if you want a dual motor car. Uh, I could see them doing that. We've seen not just on the Model 3, but on the S and the X as well, that Tesla has very, very much simplified the number of options and choices you have in the design studio and things uh, are, are bundled more into packages with lots of things in them. So it is possible that Tesla may say, okay, well, yeah, we're going to we figure dual motor useful for winter weather and the air suspension's good for raising up and, and getting through snow a little bit. So 
it is possible that they will come as a package deal. So as for the pricing on that, let's just look at them individually first. Uh, I remember the smart air suspension as being a $3,000 upgrade uh, option when it was an option on the S. It's now standard on S and X. But uh, Fred Lambert over at Electrek, when he wrote up the post citing my tweet, uh, Twitter exchange with Elon, he said that it was a $2,500 option. So um, I'm not going to say he's wrong and I'm not going to say I'm right. I, I just, I may not quite be remembering it correctly. But uh, let's just go with 3000 just to, you know, plan for the worst and hope for the best. So uh, let's say it was 3000 That means for dual, for air suspension, rather, I think you, the reasonable thing to do is expect it to cost the same on the Model 3. Expect it to be a $3,000 option. Now, Elon had said with dual motor... That, that that specifically he had called out that would be a cheaper option than the five thousand dollars it was on the S. So I have said I expect it to be four thousand. He's made no such promise with air suspension, at least as of yet. So uh, if it's less, it's probably not going to be too much less than than it was as a Model S option. So maybe twenty five hundred if we're lucky, and if it, if Fred was remembering correctly that it was twenty five hundred dollars on the S then maybe if we're lucky, it'll be $2,000. Uh, and at, if, it, if it does end up in a bundle, a, a package deal with the all-wheel drive, I suspect we're looking at a five dollars to $7,000 bundle for the two of those. Although for all we know, there could be other things made part of that package as well that could uh, make that cost, that, the package price of that go up. So it's a little hard to say right now, other than if you are interested in all-wheel drive and you're interested in air suspension, uh, I would, uh, my advice would be uh, you know, do what I've done. I've made a spreadsheet with, uh, the, with, the, with various configurations of cars and the prices that, 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 uh, that I expect them to be. I, you know, we know most of the pricing on Model 3, and then I've got you know, a few guesstimates in there for how much you know, performance might cost, how much dual motor might cost, and now how much all-wheel drive might cost. Um, but yeah, just plan for the worst, hope for the best. That would be, that would be my recommendation there. And I'll tell you what, what this does. I mean, it's great to have this reconfirmed. And I suspect that uh, this might make the decision of whether or not to wait uh, for all-wheel drive or to take the first production availability rather, it might make it tougher for some people, but it might make it easier for other people. Because, you know, if, if some folks are like, oh man, uh, you know, I really, I really want that, but oh, it's getting, it's getting up there. It's, it might make their decision a little tougher whether or not to, to spend the extra money or, or just take the soonest car that they'll build for you. However, if you're, if you really want all-wheel, if you're already leaning all-wheel drive, but you and you want air suspension as well, this could help make the weight easier because you might say to yourself, "Well, it's simply not available uh, in the first production cars, and you and I definitely want it, so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and wait." So, uh, nevertheless, good to get that uh, confirmed. And you know, as to what he said, 
about the timing, he said six months. And that puts the first, which means that that places it because uh, he tweeted that at me in what, it was August 30th or something. You know, basically you add six months and, and that puts you into March, which is right where Tesla has been saying with dual motor for the, the first dual motor cars in the spring. So uh, that is, if anything, maybe a, a kind of a, uh, a reassurance that dual motor uh, timing remains on track for the hopefully early spring. Next up this week, a price drop on the Model S 100 kilowatt pack as well as the uh, Model X 100 kilowatt cars. On both the standard and performance editions, the Model S, the standard uh, non-performance 100D, has dropped by $3,500 from a base price of $97.5 down to $94. The P100D Model S has dropped $5,000 from $140,000 base to 135, and then uh, the same drops on the respective Model X models as well. $3,500 drop on the X, the standard X P100D. It goes from 99.5 to 96, and then the P100D Model X drops from 145 to 140. I, I think it's fantastic to see Tesla do this. Uh, I wonder if investors like the Wall Street guys are going to be necessarily too thrilled because they want to see Tesla drive uh, more profits, obviously. But, you know, I could see, you know, naysayers and as I call them, fudsters, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Fudsters may call this some sort of desperation move as a sign that, oh, sales must be lagging if Tesla's dropping the prices. But, I would, the way I would shoot that down immediately, I know they're not even necessarily saying that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm inventing this whole scenario here. But if they were saying that, I would shoot it down because, uh, at least with my logic, would be if they had a sales problem and they needed to, needed to goose sales, they'd probably be dropping the price on the 75D models, not the top of the line bad boy models, uh, because that's <laughs> what. The, 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 the bottom end models are going to goose sales more if you drop the price there. Uh, you'll remember, too, this shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise because you remember back on the Q2 earnings call, which was, uh, when was that, like a month ago now, something like that, that the Tesla executives on the phone there, uh, I played you the clip, said that they would be passing some of the cost reductions of manufacturing down along to the customer and here they are, a month or so later, making good on their words. So that's fantastic. In fact, uh, I went and dug up a quote. They were spe very specific about it. Uh, or actually, sorry, this was a new quote in reference to this specific 100 kilowatt hour price drop. Tesla said, Tesla is passing cost efficiency improvements of approximately 3% in 100 kilowatt hour pack production through to customers, end quote. And I figure, you know, this probably isn't a game changer for many folks because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to assume anything, but I would, I would think it's reasonable to say that if you can afford the $94,000 base price on a Model S 100D, you probably could have also afforded it when it was 97.5. But nevertheless, again, 
bravo to Tesla for adding, what this is, they're adding more value to what is certainly, in my opinion, and, and that of many others, the very best cars on the planet in their respective classes or, you know, again, in my opinion, in any class whatsoever. So kudos to Tesla on that. Next up this week, uh, speaking of the P100Ds, performance restrictions that had been uh, implemented on the, the ludicrous-enabled cars of both the, the P90D ludicrous cars and the P100Ds, those have been lifted. You may remember, you may have read about this or heard about it on this podcast a while back, that Tesla was, uh, they were sort of throttling people after too many ludicrous launches in order to uh, protect the health and integrity of the powertrains. Uh, and then uh, after, after that, after they had started doing that, they, you know, they, they added it back in, but they gave you the option to turn it on. You had to agree to the risks that, hey, this could be bad for your powertrain. There was a warning screen where, remember, the, the no answer was, was, uh, was no, I want my mommy. Like, it was a, <laughs> it was a goofy thing. So, uh, and you had to, the only, the workaround was you had to use launch mode to get the full full maximum 100% ludicrous performance out of your car. So now they've made it so that you do not need uh, to go to launch mode. You can just smash the pedal and get every, everything you paid for every single time. John McNeil, the head of sales and service for Tesla, gave a uh, statement on this. He says, I'd like to provide a quick update on this topic. Some of you with a P90D and ludicrous acceleration mentioned that you did not want to use launch mode to simultaneously activate maximum battery performance. We've listened and are happy to tell you that for those who wish to do so, you can again enable maximum battery performance independently from launch mode, ensuring that you have maximum flexibility in how you use your car, end quote. I presume that this will apply to the Model 3 performance car next year as well, that it will not be uh, the, the, the maximum juice will not be gated behind launch mode. And quite frankly, I'm glad to see Tesla walk this back because, you know, their hearts were in the right place in trying to take every precaution in order to protect people's cars. But in the end, if you paid for it, especially if you paid $150,000 for it, that is a whole heck of a lot of money. You know, I, I cannot disagree with those owners who are upset at all, that they should be able to get the car's full performance with every single drop of the pedal. So uh, good on Tesla for, for walking this back and putting the full performance back into the, uh, into the hands and, and uh, certainly the feet, <laughs> the right feet of, uh, of the ludicrous car owners. A couple of more stories this week. This one should be of interest to all current and future Tesla owners, uh, certainly for hardware two onwards here, but Tesla uh, is going to be implementing a dash cam-like feature at some point. If you're not familiar with what a dash cam is, it is uh, kind of exactly what it, what it says. It is a, a camera that if, if you have a professional installer do it, it really can, can be hooked into your car uh, very 
very seamlessly, almost in invisibly, where it just it isn't like this mess of wires or any sort of extra junk hanging around. Like it's a very subtle thing if installed properly. And and what it does is it it is a 24/7 camera feed that's looking out the front of your car, so that if you get in an accident, <clears throat> you can use the hard drive footage to you know disprove someone else who may falsely you know say it was it was your fault or it wasn't their fault so uh, a lot of tesla owners and owners of of just you know very nice higher end cars in general uh, tend to be fans of dash cams because you know they also can be uh, defenses well not not literal defenses but they can be they can help uh, if you know if you're vandalized. You can you can you know you might get you might catch the person on camera doing it. So uh, now dash cams cost hundreds of dollars, and particularly if you want them installed cleanly by a good a good installer. And uh, now we we get word from Elon Musk via Twitter that Tesla will be adding that functionality using the the hardware that's already in the car. You know all those cameras that are already in uh, hardware 2 on up Teslas, which means every single Model 3 that has been or will be built, uh, well, every single Tesla that, that's built from now on. And it's uh, and Elon says, uh, or he answered the question from a, from a user. The person said, that many cameras on board and we still have to buy a separate dash cam? I hope Elon Musk adds a feature to export the last X minutes of video. And Elon chose uh, to reply to that, saying simply, "Feature coming soon." And I think that's—I think it's awesome. I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense for Tesla to do that because they're already—they already have that data that they use for autopilot. You might as well use it for, for uh, you know, insurance claim purposes and and that kind of thing. Uh, I, this is probably going to upset a lot of the dash cam manufacturers, but. Uh, Hey, like I said, yeah, you might as Tesla might as well put those cameras to good use. My hope would be that they can be toggled on even while the car is parked, like like an actual dash cam, and that it's not just for when the car is in motion. Uh, you know, because it would certainly take some battery power to have the camera running all the time. But uh, I hope Tesla gives when they do whenever they do implement this feature. I would love it if you could if you could set it either to turn on maybe even have it have it be a thing where uh, just every time you park the car it asks hey do you want to do you want to enable the the cameras while you're not in the car and you can just hit yes or no and if you hit no the car just powers down as normal but um, yeah it's it's uh, it's something I'd love to see, and I'm and I'm glad Tesla is doing this. This is just it's just good customer service for all Tesla owners. Finally, this week, a big supercharger update via Elon once again on Twitter, and it's particularly good news for Canadians or my Canadian friends. So shout out to uh, to Trevor and company. Uh, and Elon was asked. Somebody says, uh, contrary to popular belief. North Dakota is not actually a myth. How about showing us some supercharger love soon? And Elon replied saying, sorry, exclamation mark, coming next year along with completing the Trans-Canada Highway and interconnecting 
US, Mexico, and Central America. So uh, the timing of that is fantastic considering that the first Model 3 deliveries are slated for late 2018 in Canada. So if they've got that done before deliveries begin in Canada, that is just fantastic for, for Canadian Model 3 and just, you know, obviously Canadian Tesla owners in general. I'll tell you, I definitely recommend spending a few minutes on Tesla's supercharger site, which is tesla.com slash supercharger, and take a look at the supercharger map that's on there uh, because it shows a whole bunch of the planned superchargers. So you can zoom in, you can look at it, you can get an idea of what your state or for Canadian friends, your province is going to have uh, in the near future to support your Tesla driving in the coming uh, year or so. All right, that wraps it up for the news this week. I'm gonna come right back as usual. Excellent calls in the Ride the Lightning Hotlines. Actually, some really genuinely excellent topics this week. So we'll get that for you going, get that going for you, I should say, right after this. It is Ride the Lightning Hotline time. And of course, if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I would encourage you to Record that question on your smartphone uh, and email it to me using the email address teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, it's uh, very quick and easy to use the Ride the Lightning hotline. It is a toll-free number that you just call and leave a message on, uh, and that toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. I want to kick it off with Tony, who is a relatively new listener, and he brings up uh, something that will be of particular interest to myself and fellow California listeners. Let's hear from Tony. Hi, Ryan. Uh, my name's Tony. I'm a pretty big fan of the podcast. I've been following you for a couple months now. Really appreciate your work. Um, I just wanted to comment on something I read in the LA Times recently about a new uh, assembly bill. It's AB1184. Not sure if you've commented on this in the show before, and I, and I missed it, but this is a uh, um, you know, a bill that's going to greatly expand the electric vehicle rebate program here in California. Uh, it's going to be supported by about $3 billion, and it would increase the California rebate for an electric vehicle from uh, $3,500 to $10,000, and it would stack with the, uh, the, the federal tax credit. And there's a possibility that it would also uh, replace the federal tax credit when those expire. So, you know, the, the LA Times article was saying that uh, people could potentially buy Tesla Model 3s in California for $16,000 uh, if this bill passes. Now, the, the Times article also said that it's, it's uh, you know, very late in the phases of, of debate and, um, you know, uh, legislation, and it could potentially be on Governor Brown's desk as soon as September 15th, and, you know, I think uh, everyone in the Tesla Nation 
uh, at least in California, should be watching this very closely and perhaps even be contacting their state senators, assembly, assembly members, and uh, the governor himself. So I uh, just wanted to introduce that to the discussion. And, yes, I, I, I am a, a Model 3 reservation holder. I think I'm number 300,000 or so. So it is a little self-serving of me, but I'm not embarrassed. What do you guys think? Thank you for your call, Tony. And, and I'm glad you brought this up. Now, the reason that I didn't bring this up is because there is still a lot to be figured out with this. Uh, there are actually people, there are lawmakers on both sides of the aisle that have significant concerns about this because what this bill does is proposes a, as you mentioned, a significant increase to the money going into the electric vehicle rebate program in the state of California. And there are um, a number of lawmakers who are concerned that like, hey, that, that's, uh, should we be putting that much in? So uh, will it have enough support? Will it get, to, you know, and if it does, will the governor, will Governor Jerry Brown sign it? Uh, those, those are all valid questions. We also still don't even know uh, what the, the dollar amounts are. You had, you had mentioned that, I, that it, there, it was set, and that's actually, the $10,000 thing is not necessarily true. So, because I read up on this as well, and if I read it correctly, uh, the proposal here is effectively to try and let this California bill make up the difference between an electric vehicle and a comparable ICE vehicle. So uh, what, what it would do is it would designate the California Air Resources Board to decide which cars each EV compares to, so what a Chevy Bolt compares to, and obviously for those of us listening to this podcast, what a Model 3 compares to uh, as far as a, a comparable ICE vehicle. So uh, it potentially could be a lot of money because uh, what, what California is looking to do here is get their air pollution levels to 30% below where they were in 1990. And so they are, you know, the, those that have drafted and support this bill are willing to be very, very aggressive in trying to get as many zero emission electric vehicles on the road as possible. So it, it seems like the amount that this would go up to, that this could be for people, would vary depending, uh, you know, what they're buying and, and what the situation is. So uh, this, you're absolutely right, Tony, that, that this could be a really, really good thing for California Model 3 buyers. However, until we have A, concrete details, and B, even once we have those, we need Governor Brown to sign it. Uh, so once, we, we basically just, I just don't want to count the chicken until it hatches. So man, I'm glad you brought this up, but that, that is... Uh, and that's, it's good to let everybody know about it, but there's just nothing, the, the, con, there's, the concrete ha, maybe has been poured here, <laughs> but it is not set yet. And, and the uh, shape of, of, the, of the, the program could still change. So I, I tell you, personally, for now, I'm just hoping that whenever I take delivery of my Model 3, that whatever California has in place I just hope I'll be able to get at least 
the $2,500 rebate that I would get from California if I bought a Model S tomorrow. That's any, for, as far as I'm looking at it, anything above and beyond that would be gravy. I would be extremely grateful. I'm just hoping to get at least the $2,500 that's been in place for, uh, for quite some time. So thank you, Tony, and welcome to the show. Let's go now to Mike from Boston, who uh, wants to talk Model 3 tire sizes. Let's talk to Mike. Go ahead. Hey, Ryan. It's Mike from Boston. Longtime listener. Uh, thanks so much for the podcast. You are awesome. Um, I have a question about the Model 3 tire sizes. Um, I commute around 104 miles round trip a day. Um, and obviously, since I'm in the Boston area, there's probably going to be a little snow. So my question is, one, for mostly highway driving, uh, would the 18-inch tire be better and maybe more comfortable, quote, unquote, than the 19-inch sport wheels or vice versa? And is there any uh, impact on the range with the 18 versus the 19? Um, I don't think there'd be any difference in the snow. But uh, I'm going to end up with rear-wheel drive and snow tires anyway. Anyway, uh, love the podcast. Thank you so much for what you do. Uh, keep on doing it. Thanks. Bye. Mike, thank you for the call and for the kind words. I can help you here. That is the good news. Uh, so you can go with the 19-inch sport wheels if you like them. If you like them, do it. They might ride a tad rougher but it's probably going to be a milder difference uh, compared to the 18s versus the Model S or Model X going from bigger wheel to smaller wheel because with the 3, it's only a 1-inch difference, whereas it's a 2-inch difference on the, uh, the S and the X. You know, it's the, from 21 to 19, uh, big to small on the S, and 22 to 20 on the X. Um, also, there's also, also consider that those cars are much, they're heavier than the Model 3, so that, that's, that probably will also make the difference in 19s versus 18s, the, the feel of that uh, probably will not be quite as, uh, as, as significant a difference as it is, again, on the big, bigger wheel versus smaller wheel on S and X. However, here's the thing to look at. is uh, This is the, the crux of your situation. You're doing 500 miles per week, not including whatever you're doing with the car on the weekends. So the 19-inch tires are almost certainly going to have a shorter tire life than the 18s because they're low profile. And the 19s are going to cost more money to replace than the 18s. So that, that's a difficult combo for, uh, you know, money-wise for, uh, for what you've just laid out your, as, as your situation. If you're being totally practical about it, the 18s probably make more sense for you. They're cheaper to replace. You're going to get a bit better range, especially if you keep those aero hubcaps on there. Uh, they may ride a tad bit softer, and they're going to last longer. If you really love the 19-inch sport wheels, then you then basically you're looking at a 
head versus heart battle <laughs> with yourself. But if you're not super hooked on the 19s, then you're probably going to be better off, practically speaking, with the 18s. I'll tell you just a quick example. I mean, a, a relevant example here. A friend of mine took delivery on one of the very, very early Model S's. And the Model S, uh, for those of you who've been following Tesla for quite some time, you may remember that back in the original Model S days, you just got the 21-inch wheels unless you asked for the 19s, in which case they would give you the 19s. They wouldn't give you any discount. It was just like you could take the 19s, but you'd be your effect, you'd effectively were paying the same for them as for the 21s. So a lot of the earlier Model S's were 21-inch wheel cars for that reason. But uh, the point of the story is, uh, my, my friend had a, like you, had a very long commute each day. His commute was all highway, but it was a lot of miles. And he ended up burning through those 21-inch tires so quickly, and they cost so much to replace, that he actually went back later and switched his Model S to 19-inch tires and wheels, and he never looked back for his purposes. So hopefully that will help you make an informed decision whichever way you go there. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for, for, the, uh, for the call there. Let's go now. Got a couple more calls. First up is Rich from the UK, another longtime listener, first-time caller who wants to talk about the motorized uh, charging flap, the, the charge port door on, uh, on the Model 3. So, Rich, the floor is yours. Hey Ryan, this is Rich from the UK, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, been listening since day one of your Tesla podcast, great work, uh, really enjoy it and really informative. Uh, I've actually been listening to you uh, since the OXM days, uh, remember uh, lying on the beach on my honeymoon back in 2005, listening to a great interview um, with the doctors on the original Mass Effect and getting very excited. Anyway, I um, thought I would call in uh, regarding uh, a comment you mentioned uh, a few episodes ago regarding the electric opening and closing of the the charge flap on the Model 3. I was just thinking that surely this is a mandatory feature for all Model 3s if it's ever to be, um, I think, level 4, level 5 self-driving. If the car ever needs to charge itself uh, whilst en route, surely you know, it will need to be able to open the charging flap itself and close it again before and after automated charging. Uh, just keen to hear thoughts on that. You sounded very surprised that this feature was included but to me you know from day one it, you know if if these cars are specified for full autonomous driving then it has to be there in every one from day one anyway um just a, another point before i sign off interestingly i sold my audi q7 uh, to a gentleman who lives about 100 miles away in the uk about 14 months ago i uh, got an email from him out of the blue about a month or so ago saying he was selling it uh, and I just inquired as to what he was selling for and he is getting a brand new Model X and has promised me that when he gets it in October he'll take me out for a spin so assuming that he's uh, serious and is happy to uh, to come and uh, grab me from 100 miles away or so then maybe I might get a ride in one but that would be very interesting 
Uh, haven't yet dropped a, a deposit on a Model 3, looking seriously to do so, uh, as I have a uh, Audi A3 on a four-year lease, which has got about two and a half years to go. So making uh, I will be looking to, to drop a reservation on one of those very shortly. Anyway, enjoy the show. Great work. Keep it up. And uh, maybe I'll speak to you again soon. Okay, cheers. Bye. Wow, a, a day one listener. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate that. Now, to your question, I'm very glad we got the motorized charging door 100% confirmed. Uh, and that came to us by way of um, Steve Jerviston, one of the, you know, he, he, he of the first Model S serial number, the founder number one, uh, who is uh, on the Tesla board. You know, he's got his Model 3 and he had uh, posted a couple of little videos with the charging door and, and answering a couple of questions about the Model 3, including that. So um, great to get it confirmed because I think that my personal doubts about whether that thing was motorized or not, and I suspect here that I'm in the same boat as many others, it was it's twofold for me. First was the cost. You know, the Model 3 is a cheaper Tesla. They've got to save money somewhere. So not putting a motorized charging door on the car, you know, my thinking was that, hey, that, that might have been one way to save a few bucks on each car. And secondly, the other reason that I thought it might not have been motorized, and I think, again, a lot of people were, were kind of thinking along with me on this, is that once we did get a look at it open, which, you know, at some point one of the release candidates was photographed at a supercharger with, uh, with, that, with that charge door open... When it's open, it just kind of looked manual. It didn't look automatic because it's not the sexiest, most elegant thing to see when it's open, which the S and the X, it is. It's the, the little charge port door on the S and X are very premium looking, very elegant looking. It's just that little corner of the, of the left tail light uh, that, that just opens up automatically when the when the, uh, when the charging cable gets near it. And, you know, with the three, it's just this, it's like the whole, the whole like left piece of the, of the taillight, uh, you know, the, the, the side that's on the, the body side, uh, the, the, it's, you know, around on the, the rear quarter fender. So it kind of just looked like, yeah, maybe that thing's just, maybe it's a manual thing you got to lift up yourself. So, uh, fortunately, all's well that ends well. And we've got that motorized charge door port so that, as, as you well note, the car will one day be able to charge itself on an autonomous road trip. Uh, and by the way, before I, before I go here, Rich, I hope you're able to get that Model X ride because it is, I can tell you from personal experience, it is quite a treat regardless of whether you're in the back with the Falcon doors or you're in the front and looking out that incredible... Uh, glass that that huge you know helicopter bubble windshield up front so hope hope you can get that ride let's finish up here with ryan from denver who has a question that is very much of interest to me and it's a it is a question that is uh, no doubt going to weigh on the minds of many uh, if not all of us model three buyers of, of what to do here so ryan from denver wants to talk about whether or not to check the full self-driving box when it comes time to configure your Model 3. Ryan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Ryan from Denver again, calling this time with a question. 
I'm debating whether or not to spring for the full self-driving when I buy my Model 3. I intend to buy one of the initial production cars when my turn comes up in the hopes that I'll be able to take advantage of the full federal tax credit, but that will stretch my budget a bit more than I would like, and an obvious way to lower my cost out the door is to not enable full self-driving when I order the car. I absolutely want the feature on my car, but since it's not functional yet, it makes sense to put it off paying for it. My fear is that Tesla will jack up the price once the feature is released. The price of Autopilot has continually increased as it has become more capable, and it seems all too likely that Tesla will follow the same pattern with full self-driving. They might even use the Tesla network to justify the increase, since owners could send their cars out on the network to help pay for the feature. I don't intend to do that, so that doesn't work for me. Anyway, I'd love to hear what you think. Thanks for taking my call and putting together a great show every week. All right, Ryan. Uh, I want to caveat this by saying I'm only speaking for myself. I don't want this to be taken by anyone as quote-unquote advice because everybody's situation is different. There are cases to be made either way on this. But that being said, personally, I see no reason to give Tesla a $3,000 interest-free loan for an indefinite period of time, at a period of time that's almost certainly going to be measured in years before full self-driving is activated. And on top of that, it would cost you more than that $3,000 because if you're like me, you're going to be taking out at least some of the amount you're spending on your Model 3 in the form of a car loan. So you will have to pay the bank interest on that money and you'd be getting absolutely nothing for that money you're paying interest on in return. And as of now, there just isn't any evidence on the immediate horizon that full self-driving is, is anywhere close to ready. And hey, maybe the cross-country demo, whether that happens this fall or whether it ends up being early next year, Maybe that cross-country demo will change that. But for me, my plan is to skip it. And instead, uh, I might. Uh, what I want to try and do is put a little bit of money away each month after I get the car, you know, separate from my car payment, obviously. And I want to start a little full self-driving fund with the goal of obviously $4,000 because that's the price to activate it after you take delivery of the car. And on that note, I really don't think you need to be concerned about Tesla raising the price on it anymore before it becomes active, at least not for you uh, or, or really for any of us provided that they don't tweak it between now and when we configure our cars because it, it's still in clear type, plain as day on the Tesla Design Studio as $4,000 after delivery, so they can't just raise the price. Or if they did, they would have an absolute riot on their hands. And I'll tell you, I'd be at the front of that mob, pitchfork and torch in hand. If it's hey, three, if if they said three thousand, you know, when you order your car, or four thousand later, and then they, and then later they go, actually, it's going to be five thousand. There would be uh, a lot of unhappy campers of which I would be one of them. So that's my perspective on it. Hopefully uh, my opinion on on my plan for it 
of what I'm going to do. Maybe that'll help you make an informed decision one way or the other. I mean, again, you know, you might just decide, hey, I'd rather just pay the three and have it be done and out of the way. And, um, and I don't mind, you know, paying a few bucks interest on it. That's, again, there's, there's a case to be made either way. But I think for me, I'm going to save that three grand up front and just uh, try and put away a little bit of money because I think I'm going to have some time between when I take delivery of my car and when full self-driving is actually available. So I think I'm going to have time to build up a, a little $4,000 full self-driving fund for myself. All right, that's it for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Great calls, as usual, from you wonderful, wonderful folks. I encourage you to participate. Uh, send in your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Again, you can use the voice recorder on your smartphone to just uh, talk into that and then email me your question. The email address to send that to is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can use the very, very easy to use Ride the Lightning hotline. Just call in to the toll-free number and leave a message anytime, day or night, 24-7. And that number is 1-888-989-8752. I'll be right back right after this with a few parting thoughts, and then we'll be on my way here. Be right back. All right, I'd like to encourage everybody to please take a look at my Patreon page. Again, if, uh, if you enjoy the show, you get a lot out of the show each week. A lot of time, energy, uh, effort goes into it. Uh, would love it if you would consider helping me out on Patreon. Uh, the site is patreon.com slash teslapodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash teslapodcast. Uh, I will thank the Patreon producers, the Extremely kind souls who do support me at the $20 level or higher each month. There are many tiers. You can actually technically support me at any level you want. Uh, the, the $20 and up folks, we call them the Patreon producers, and they are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, Lisa Kaz, Michael O'Prey, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Merrickle, Vince Vaughn, John Lasher, Harold Plug, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Richard Ouellette, Andreas Cohen, and Sean Fournier. Thank you all so much. Uh, if you are buying a Tesla, like, hey, I did the story earlier about the, the price drop on the 100 kilowatt hour cars. If that is tempting to you and you now wish to buy one, Get another thousand bucks off using uh, this referral code ts.la slash gordon1872. Just type that into your web browser uh, and you'll get that thousand dollars off and the free unlimited lifetime supercharging. So don't miss out on that if you are buying a Tesla. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Again, you can always email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I just want to throw in a quick plug for, I have a little passion project at IGN, my day job, called IGN Unfiltered. It's basically a Charlie Rose type thing, but with video game creators. They're, they're hour-long or more, in some cases, 
hour-long sit-downs where I just walk th through uh, someone's entire career with them. I find it fascinating to see where these, these wonderful game creators came from. I get a lot of great stories out of them. Uh, and my guest this month, well, for August, uh, I just posted the episode this past week, is Randy Pitchford. If you're a fan of Borderlands or, or any of the other games that Gearbox has done, uh, they also own, uh, they, you, you may have heard of the legend known as Duke Nukem Forever. Well, Randy and his company, Gearbox, uh, they are responsible for, they're the ones that actually picked that game up off the, basically dug it out of the grave and finished it and shipped it. So a lot of really cool stories. If, uh, if, you, if you enjoy, you must tolerate me enough if you listen to this podcast every week. So if you want to hear another hour plus of me talking, uh, I'm very proud of that interview with Randy Pitchford that, uh, that looked. So if you, the best thing to do on there is just, uh, I mean, you can find it on my Twitter, but if you just go on YouTube or iTunes, actually, and look up IGN Unfiltered, you will find it. Uh, so anyway, that was, a, that was way too long of a, of a self-plug. I apologize. AbstractOcean.com. Get your Tesla gear for either you, uh, meaning accessories, or accessories for your car, like a, a better LED, interior LED lighting kit, that kind of thing. Uh, AbstractOcean.com offering a 20% off code for listeners of this show. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, and that's all one word, RTLPODCAST at checkout to get 20% off of your order. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you do not already. That is uh, easily done on basically any of your favorite podcast services, be it iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or uh, there are, there's the podcast hosting site, which has individual episodes as well as an RSS feed you can pick up. And that URL is teslapodcast.libsyn.com. If you enjoy the show, I certainly uh, would encourage you to leave a review on iTunes or any of those other places. Uh, and I think that wraps it up. Yeah, that's everything. So for... Uh, another week gone by. We're into September now, and it looks like uh, by late-breaking word is that the next big batch of Model 3s will be delivered to employees, once again, at around the end of September. So uh, we can look forward to more of them hitting the streets and thus more photo opportunities, and maybe we'll learn a few more things about the cars as more and more of them start to get out into the wild. So I will be here to chronicle all of it for you <clears throat> Pardon me. It is uh, it is my self-appointed job, <laughs> which I love. It is my passion. It is my uh, enthusiastic uh, hobby. I love doing it. So thank you all so much again for trusting me with an hour or so of your week each and every week. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>